going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Talk this half hour about the poll that came out today, Ipsos poll done on behalf of Global News. I think the big picture isn't really a surprise, finding that nationally, uh, 56% of respondents are in favor of seeing Kinder Morgan go ahead. The Trans Mountain Pipeline Expansion Project go ahead. 24% still opposed to it. Now, that's the national numbers. And then even when we drill it down, Alberta is is the highest when it comes to support, uh, 84% in support, 7% against. Who are those 7% in this province who are against it? I'm kidding. And uh, they also showed that Quebec was the province with the greatest share of opposition. But I want to spend a bit of time drilling down on those numbers, but also getting a perspective on, okay, here's another poll. Where do we go from here? Ted Morton is my guest, executive in residence at the School of Public Policy, University of of Calgary, Senior Fellow, Energy and Environment at the Manning Foundation, and of course, a former Alberta Finance Minister. Mr. Morton, thanks for joining us today. Good afternoon, Angela. I don't think you'd be surprised by the the overall numbers that this poll has shown. Well, uh, compared to earlier polls, it shows that support uh, for the uh, Trans Mountain expansion is growing. Uh, And I think that's, that's encouraging. I think uh, the rest of Canada is beginning to uh, realize the importance of the uh, Western Canadian oil and gas uh, sector to the national economy. And and you're right, but I feel like just a couple of weeks ago there was another one that starts to show even in B.C. we're seeing a bit of a shift. So, yeah, it is definitely moving in the right direction. What is it going to take, though, Ted, for us to see that percentage of support increase even more? Well, I don't know how much, whether it's a question of increasing support or or persuading uh, somehow uh, Prime Minister Trudeau to stop talking and start acting. Uh, He needs to use uh, the federal government's uh, very clear uh, jurisdiction uh, over interprovincial export pipelines to make it clear that any contrary or conflicting British Columbia legislation would be uh, unconstitutional and invalid. And he also has to do something in, along the lines of the other Kendra Morgan condition, that is uh, somehow, in, in addition to showing that the, that the pipeline can be completed without this uh, death-by-delay strategy by the British Columbia government, but also some sort of de-risking uh, or financial backup uh, for Kendra Morgan uh, for the Trans Mountain expansion. I guess when I talk about what do we need to see that support grow, because you were a politician, how closely do politicians look at polls like this? And in this case, Prime Minister Trudeau saying, all right, the last poll, we're starting to see a shift. We're seeing more in this Ipsos poll. So I guess that's what I'm curious. Does a politician, especially a prime minister, say, okay, maybe I got to quit with the same message and we've got to have more action here? Well, uh, public opinion polls certainly uh, are important uh, when, in calculating political strategy, and that's part of the complication of this uh, of, of this whole uh, mm. <laughs> slow motion train wreck. Is that there's the policy issue, but then there's the politics uh, for each each player. Both uh, Trudeau, Notley, and Horgan are all are, are each in their own ways fighting for their political lives. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Notley has staked her uh, her future on. Uh, 
climate change and carbon tax and all of this buying social license. Uh, Trudeau has two. Horgan, of course, is a minority government. He has uh, only uh, 41 seats. Uh, the, the Liberals, heck, have 43. So he's dependent upon the Green Party support. So there's huge political calculations in uh, each of these players' um, uh, actions. Uh, but, but Trudeau had basically, I think, made up his mind at least six months ago, if not 12 months ago, that he was going to try and play it down the middle. He he let well, he basically vetoed uh, Northern Gateway. He he allowed Energy East to die, if not assist in its dying, with uh, the NEB changing the rules in the middle of the game. But then he was so that was to kind of win support from his the the green the green uh, climate change supporters that he had to win the two, 2015 election. But then the balance was he he is he penned his future on the other half of the equation of getting Kinder Morgan built. And that's why he's, he's, he and his ministers are fighting uh, hard for this. But as I said, they have to stop, stop talking and start acting. Well, and then even when you look at, at the Ipsos poll, because if we look at some of the other questions that were asked, and that's exactly where I want to go here, especially when it comes to the Canadians' overall impression on how Horgan's handled this, how Notley's handled this, how Trudeau has handled this. If I just say Canadians overall... 23% of Canadians say that Horgan has handled it well. 43% say poorly. Uh, Alberta's Notley. Um, 35% of Canadians say handling it well. 33 poorly. So that's kind of almost 35, 33. Uh, Trudeau, 34% say they're handling it well. 48% of Canadians say he's handling it poorly. And then, of course, when you look at Albertans, 65% of Albertans say, Trudeau, you're handling this file poorly. So that's what I'm, I'm just thinking. We've got to start seeing more action because I'm, I can imagine that Trudeau is saying, okay, I've got to do more here. We're, I'm not getting the support I need or I'm starting to see the polls reflect that people aren't happy with how I'm doing this. Do you think between now and May 31st, is anything concrete going to come out of Ottawa, or do you believe that they're going to continue to work behind the scenes with Kinder Morgan to convince Kinder Morgan that the government has its back? I think you'll see uh, new legislation, uh, if not introduced, at least uh, made public. It may I, They may have to wait another a bit longer to introduce it, but legislation that will... Uh, reaff reaffirm uh, and, and, and make clear uh, federal jurisdiction over the administrative uh, issues uh, that are involved in uh, specifically the Kinder Morgan expansion. Uh, I think you'll probably also see some sort of uh, financial announcement. I don't think I don't think Kinder Morgan needs 100 percent of what it would like to get by May 31st. I think if it got 50 percent, it should be pretty happy. And uh, but I think you're definitely going to see uh, action by by Mr. Trudeau. What's become complicated for him, though, is as as I said earlier, I think his his uh, decision to let Energy East die uh, also was a, an attempt to shore up his support in uh, in Quebec, where uh, Energy East was not popular and where uh, the climate change concerns are. are are, are much higher. His majority uh, government in 2015, uh, he won 40 seats in Quebec. 
that's the first time the Liberals have won Quebec since his father won it in 1980. Mm. Um, that used to be the Liberal base. And so he has 40, uh, 40 MPs. His majority has 183 MPs. You need 170 for a majority. He needs to keep Quebec on side. And whereas BC, I think he has 17 MPs from BC, a half a dozen or so from uh, the Metro Vancouver area. So he can afford to lose some BC uh, MPs. He can't afford to lose, say, 20, uh, 20 MPs from Quebec. I think that explains, frankly, uh, why either directly or indirectly uh, he, his government allowed Energy East to be killed. The problem now, though, for him is that uh, bringing in new legislation that strongly asserts uh, federal paramountcy over these pipeline issues uh, is upsetting Quebec now. Yeah. They've come in and said, wait a minute, we, we're kind of on B.C. side on this, because Quebec is always a champion for uh, provincial rights. So Trudeau's in a tight spot, but uh, I think the people around him uh, have, if he doesn't understand it, I think the people around him, uh, both in the federal finance department and maybe people that contribute money to the Liberal Party from Bay Street, have, have, have got it, gotten through to him the importance of uh, this, not just to Kinder Morgan and not just to Trans Mountain, but in terms of investor confidence and big infrastructure projects in Canada. If this, if this doesn't happen, uh, there's the, the capital flight that's already begun uh, of external foreign investment uh, will continue, and that would hurt all Canadians. Well, and that's what I was going to say when you're when you're saying that he can't afford to lose any of those Quebec MPs, but at the same time he can't afford to lose number one, as you say, the investment, what the expansion of that pipeline is going to mean to the economy for our country. So, how difficult is it going to be then for him to say ultimately I've got to? Well, I'm saying side with the pipeline despite losing support, and I don't think any politician would do that. Uh, he's in a very tight yeah. spot. Uh, he's discovered something that uh, um, I think a lot of politicians discover. It's a lot easier to campaign than it is to govern. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> when you're yes. in opposition, you can say almost anything and make a lot of promises. Once you're in government, you're responsible for the consequences of what you do or what you uh, don't do. Rachel Notley's uh, discovered that as well, Ted. Yeah, it's it's yeah. easier to be well, in opposition. Yes, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I was... Uh, director of policy and research for the Canadian Alliance Party back in Ottawa in I think, 2000, and, and uh, we'd make up all sorts of things in question period just to try to throw the Liberals off <laughs> off guard, right? And yeah. you, can play, you can play pretty uh, aggressively and creatively in opposition. You can't do that when you're in government. You have to, you know, you're accountable for what happens. So, as you say, he's in a tough spot then. Uh, do you think, wait a second, I want to take a break because, Ted, um, the poll also asked Canadians this whole idea of whether or not the federal government should use incentives or penalties to push this through. And I want to get your take on that. Ted Morton is my guest this half hour. He is executive in residence at the School of Public Policy, University of Calgary, senior fellow, energy and environment at the Manning Foundation and our former fi- finance minister in this province. We are back after this. Talking about a recent Ipsos poll that was done for Global News that found the majority of Canadians, 56% at this point, supporting Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion. And even when we look at BC, 55% are supporting it. 
Ted Morton is my guest this half hour. He's with the University of Calgary's School of Public Policy. He's also the former finance minister for our province. And uh, Ted, I wanted to just look at a couple of things because our listeners constantly suggest this. Why doesn't the federal government do more uh, focus on the penalties? And in this, they asked uh, about whether the federal government should use its financial leverage to persuade B.C. to accept the pipeline expansion with penalties if they don't cooperate, such as reducing federal transfer payments that fund provincial government programs. And when they asked that question, 41% of Canadians supported that idea. You drill it down to, in Alberta, 73% in B.C. 37 percent so ultimately could the federal government look at those as possible tools in their toolkit to be able to persuade bc to get this project done absolutely uh the federal government has both carrots and sticks uh to persuade if you like uh premier horgan to uh cooperate uh, on what this you know is clearly a in the national interest and is, has gone through all of the administrative and legal hoops. But again, he, he has those powers. He hasn't used them. That, to go back to what I said at the beginning, he has to stop talking and start acting. The uh, B.C., uh, of course, doesn't get tra- equalization payments, along with Saskatchewan and Alberta. Mm-hmm. We're the only three provinces that don't. Uh, <laughs> but there are the, the other transfer programs, the Canada Health Transfer, the Canada Social Transfer, that be, that B.C. gets billions of dollars. Uh, some of that's discretionary, some of it's not, but the timing of it is definitely, can, you, you can either speed it up and make it more timely or make it less timely. Uh, those sticks, if you like, are definitely there. And there's and there are carrots as well. The, the NDP government, uh, Premier Horgan, ran on all sorts of big-ticket items, more public transit, uh, more public housing, uh, more, uh, I think, uh, uh, full-time uh, kindergarten. Uh, this all requires money, and, yeah. and there are federal funds available for those types of projects if the federal government wants wants to. How much is at play, though, waiting for, and I'm losing track on all the court decisions, but uh, the the Supreme Court, are we still waiting to find out ultimately if the Ottawa has the power to do a lot of this to push for the pipeline expansion project? Well, there are two issues. There's one in the Federal Court of Appeal right now that deals with Aboriginal consultation. Uh, the NEB, the federal government, Kinder Morgan, won that at the Federal Court Trial Division. It was appealed, of course, by British Columbia, by the NDP, and, and some of the Aboriginal groups. Mm-hmm. That decision should come down in uh, this month or next month. Uh, I think most observers think that the NEB and the federal government, Kinder Morgan, will win again. Mm-hmm. Um if they don't, then there's there's trouble on that score. In terms of this new reference uh, that the that the British Columbia government has 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 made, um, again, this is the latest installation of death by de- by the death by delay strategy. Uh, the federal government can uh, preempt that, I would suggest, by bringing in this new legislation. Um, uh, any while envir- the BC has been fairly clever about this. Environmental jurisdiction is a uh, there, there's room for both federal and provincial uh, regulation mm-hmm. as, as long as they don't conflict. But when and if they conflict, uh, it's a pretty well established doctrine of what's called federal paramountcy that if there's a conflict, the federal law will prevail. And so that's why uh, new legislation uh, is uh, required by the federal government to make it clear 
that they're, if you want to use a kind of legal term, occupy the field, make it clear that they have jurisdiction and they're exercising this jurisdiction and prescribing how things are going to be done in terms of completing, uh, completing the Kendra Morgan uh, expansion. If we're talking about legislation, do you think our provincial government, the Notley government, will ever implement Bill 12? Uh, I think they will. I think it will be passed. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it'll be passed. Uh, I, I think I'm in the camp that thinks there's more bark than bite in Bill 12. Uh, I think legally, if it's properly drafted and properly discussed, it could probably pass uh, jurisdictional uh, validity. It would probably be upheld. Um, but the most immediate, uh, the people who will be harmed by it most immediately will be, would be Kendra Morgan mm. if, if, if the volume on their pipeline is reduced. And also if, if volumes of export of both refined and unrefined products that are currently going out of Alberta can no longer go out of Alberta by the existing Kendra Morgan pipeline, then they get shoved into the over, already overcrowded <laughs> rail? pipelines mm-hmm. and, and rail cars that are driving down the big discount of, uh, I don't know what it's at this week, I think between 15 and $20 a barrel mm-hmm. uh, because of that, uh, that export constraint. So it, uh, it, 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 if, I think almost everybody hopes it doesn't come to that because, one, it'll, it'll hurt uh, Kinder Morgan and, 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 and the energy sector itself, at least in the shorter term, um, and even in the longer term, estimates are BC would hurt for a month or six weeks, uh, but then they could, over time, replace what they're not getting from uh, Alberta through uh, imports from Washington State refineries. So, I think that's more for domestic politics and within Alberta. And, and you've seen this, and all your listeners have seen this. Uh, Jason Kenney was talking about this six or eight months ago, and. Uh, Premier Notley made fun of him for making suggesting these, it, mm-hmm. suggesting it, yeah. and then of course now she's kind of adopted what he. So he's had some fun yeah. poking, poking uh, fun at her. So I think that's more for domestic consumption. The the, the larger political issue here is, but she hitched her train to uh, climate change and and uh, and to Prime Minister Trudeau uh, the year they were both elected, 2015, yeah. and that. Their premise was that if aggressive climate change uh, policy, carbon taxes, retiring coal-fired power plants, uh, bringing in more expensive uh, wind and solar, that all of this would buy so-called social license, that the people who don't like oil would say, okay, well, Canada is doing enough on the demand side that we'll let them keep exporting oil. And I think that policy has proven to have, to have been a failure um, you might have seen, or if you didn't, you should. Same for your readers. Bill McKibben, who's one of the big uh, climate change crusaders, the founder of 350.org down in the U.S., he was interviewed on CBC uh, back in November when uh, when uh, Keystone was approved uh, by the Nebraska Public Commission. And, and uh, the CBC interviewer said to Mr. McKibben, well, don't you give Canada any credit for... Uh, what Mr. Trudeau and what uh, Premier Notley have done on climate change with carbon taxes and all the things I, ju- I just listed. And he said, oh, Canada's doing a great job when it comes to uh, reducing demand by making energy more expensive. But when it comes to, en- to energy supply, 
it really doesn't make any difference because Canada is only 2% of uh, global emissions, and so what happens in Canada really doesn't make any difference. And he ends by saying the oil has to stay in the ground. So the whole social license premise is has either already failed or is about to fail, and um, that has been a tough pill for uh, the prime minister to swallow and may jeopardize his re-election, prom- his re-election chances, and it puts uh, Premier Notley, who was already in a pretty difficult spot for re-election, I think, in almost a mission impossible position. Yeah. Ted, as always, I appreciate your perspective. Thanks for your time. Okay. Hope that uh, sheds some light on a pretty murky subject. Oh, yeah. We'll be talking about it for a long time. Thanks so much, Ted Morton. He is with the uh, University of Calgary School of Public Policy.